At the best of times, healthcare can prove challenging to deliver. While demand continues to steadily increase, resourcing may not be able to move at the same pace. And that is where clinical innovation comes in. Looking at things from a different angle, investing in new technology, or supporting the workforce to work at their fullest scope, these projects are the heart and soul of the theme, Solving the Puzzle. Okay, thank you, uh, Dr. Tanya Kelly, and we'd also like to thank the organisers for inviting us here today, CEQ, to a, a wonderful showcase. So, one out of two children are on antibiotics at any time point in the hospital. Similar themes to what we've previously heard today, that children in remote um, facilities are less likely to receive the appropriate antibiotic. And that's for the following reasons. The antibiotic spectrum is too broad, inappropriate route, or a longer course of antibiotics, which really highlights um, the lack of resources and education that these facilities have access to. Now, recently, Brenda McMullen published a study that was conducted in a metropolitan setting where it shows by improving IV to oral switch for antibiotics in a timely manner, you can decrease the reduction in hospital length of stay. And that was primarily related to the decrease in duration of IV antibiotics. So this led us to our hypothesis that by improving timely switch from IV to oral antibiotics in children in remote and regional areas, we would be able to improve the length of hospital stay as well as optimise the quality use of antibiotics. Our seven sites put up their hands to participate, so these were rural regional areas. We had a, quite a unique approach to this study in that in the baseline phase, we actually went and consulted with the clinicians and the parents at the, the sites and did semi-structured interviews with them, showing them a range of um, resources and they were able to help us design and develop the resources according to what they would like to use. We had an intervention phase where we actually did on-site education and um, really identified key stakeholders at each site. And then we had a post-implementation phase where we did a semi similar semi-structured interview um, phase, uh, interviews to the baseline phase. So for the study, we structured in such a way that we would do the same time period for the baseline and intervention phase. And the reason for that was to account for seasonal variation, which is quite important for antibiotic prescribing. Overall, patients um, were, who were greater than 28 days of life and less than 16 years of age with the diagnosis of either community-acquired pneumonia um, or skin and soft tissue infections um, who were on intravenous antibiotics were considered eligible. So patients were reviewed at sort of 24 hours to 48 hours to determine if IV to oral switch was able to be, um, to be made. And this was dependent on the following factors. So if antibiotic treatment 
treatment is still indicated. If oral fluids and oral food was tolerated, temperature of 38 um, degrees or less um, for at least 24 to 48 hours. And if there was no signs of sepsis and there was an appropriate oral antibiotic um, available to be able to be switched to. There was a number of resources that were made available to both the healthcare workers and the parents as well as the caregivers and this was in the form of a variety of posters, flowcharts, guidelines, stickers as well as videos for the families. Having a multitude of resources allowed specific sites to pick and choose the best and most suitable format um, for their specific departments. So this involved a variety um, of stop charts, flow charts, patient labels and stick stickers. And for example, one facility chose a stop chart, which was both an A3 and A4 um, size in individual medical charts at the patient bedside. Flow charts in medication rooms, as well as bedside charts um, and also charts in doctor rooms to promote um, decision making. Overall, we found that the median age um, group was actually similar between the baseline and intervention group of 3.8 years to 4.4, and there were similar percent presentations of both community-acquired pneumonias and skin and soft tissue infections between the two groups as well. The median length of stay did not differ significantly, and this could be attributed to the complexity of patient cases um, that could seen in the regional and remote centres. However, there was a statistical significant reduction in line-associated infiltration between the two groups. In terms of the sub-analysis of the patients um, who had increased length of stay, we did find that there, these patients had inappropriate switches and inappropriate IV antibiotics with line-associated infections, and this was sort of correlated with the slight increase um, in stay, which was statistically significant. So overall, we found that um, there was improved timely switch between 75 to 84% in the intervention group from baseline and increasing timely switch and reduction in extra days of antibiotics in keeping with the hypothesis. Overall, the design of the materials, particularly, I guess, the user-friendly flow charts assisted juniors and prompted nursing staff to promote decision-making and asking questions about when antibiotics could be switched. Accessing materials facilitated discussions amongst um, junior staff and also education about antimicrobial stewardship and was useful in training nurses and junior staff coming through the departments. And these resources obviously also um, empowered junior staff to make decisions and present recommendations to seniors. We found that there's lots of barriers, as usual, with most um, projects and one of the things we saw that senior staff um, who can be creatures of habit um, did feel that um, they weren't engaging as much in support of these changes. Um, there, was some, there was no consistent pharmacist as well in these regional facilities to provide coverage um, and also oversee prescribing and question decision making as well as the duration of antibiotic use. And there's also obviously high turnover of staff, um, particularly junior staff in these departments. Um, therefore, the uptake of resources can be affected in that sense.
So we also conducted an economic analysis, and then on the x-axis what you can see is the willingness to pay threshold. For those executives in the audience, if you're willing to not pay anything, <laughs> as the study would still be better than doing nothing or be having the current state of play. But obviously for every dollar that you um, invest in the program, you will get um, a greater probability of cost effectiveness. So in order to scale this project up, we were able to show um, that we'll be able to prevent line-associated complications, we'll be able to discharge patients home earlier, as well as prescribing appropriateness will be increased. And so the alternate aim of this project is to really to be able to integrate it into the current Queensland statewide antimicrobial stewardship program, which has been running for six years now, but mainly targets adult patients. So we would like to increase it to our pediatric group. And I know David Walker's in the audience and would be keen to have um, access to facilities like this in the more regional areas. And then I'd also like to add that Shampavi was um, based at Harvey Bay when we conducted this, and um, certainly the director there was very supportive of the program in a, a regional setting as well. So if you'd like to read more about our program, we have published it. And um, we were very fortunate to get funding for this um, project through the Children's Hospital Foundation grant. And so they are out in the foyer, so I'd really encourage you to go and visit them. They're a great resource. And then I'd also like to acknowledge um, all the people that did participate in the projects, the um, co-researchers um, as well as the sites, which wouldn't have been possible without their support and their encouragement and buy-in. So thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.